Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, cubeles sangrones, the Bleed Loss Podcast. Estamos en vivo. Before we start the show, let's get some business out of the way. Uh, this episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast has been brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. So get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, college football, boxing, basketball, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, and your favorite casino and card games are available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Ben Online, where the game starts. And bienvenido to those of you who are joining us on the live in vivo. Uh, buenas noches to, Reyes, uh, to Roy, excuse me, Roy Estrada. Uh, and then uh, the ghost of Al Davis, Mr. Raider Philip Lopez is joining us. Simeon, how are you? Um, so uh, joining me on the show, as you can see, is you guys love him. He gives you all the information you need. He is Cody Snavely. You can find his work on Dodgers Beat and on the on the Diamond Club, and then his own podcast, the Diamond Cast. Um, and so, correct me if I'm wrong here, Canelo. Is this the first day of the winners meeting of the winter meetings, or is this the second day? Because technically, it started yesterday, right? Yeah, I think technically it started yesterday, but that was more so people that weren't there yet, uh, at, whether it was media or official team personnel finally getting into the hotel and checking in. Um, so I guess you could technically say that was yesterday was the first day, but today was the first real official day where everybody was there. Everybody was talking. We got a, a lot of rumblings, not too many big rumors of stuff that we haven't already known. Um, but I would say today's the official first day. So uh, obviously, Michael Carrillo, you're taking us to where we need to start because that was really the only big news today for the Dodgers. Uh, so Michael Carrillo coming in with Juan, this telegraphing Mookie is going to play second is dumb because the price of outfielders for the for this went up. Okay, so for those of you who I know you guys have all heard the news, but Dave Roberts was uh, interviewed on High Heat. And he said that Mookie is going to be their everyday second baseman. Michael Carrillo, before I go to Canelo, I just want to tell you this, Michael. I don't, I don't buy it. And part of the reason why I don't buy it, and I know Cody's going to give you a logical explanation here, but part of the reason why I don't buy it is because I didn't hear it from Andrew Friedman. There are many times that I hear things that come out of Dave Roberts' mouth, and then a few days later, especially during the regular season, it's something different, and then Dave Roberts has to come and clarify, well, what I meant by is this. So until I hear it from Andrew Friedman, um, I don't buy it, but I am with you, Michael. I did think it was a little odd that they decided that, that Dave Roberts came out with this. Um, 
maybe it's just they're trying to distract slow news day. They wanted to talk about something. But Canelo, I know you have a logical explanation why, because I don't think you buy this either. Right, Canelo? Yeah, no. Um, it, it was kind of interesting when I saw it tweeted out by MLB Network and even the Dodgers beat writers, especially Jack Harris from the LA Times, he tweeted out, he was like, you know, from everything we've heard and our understanding is that they're pretty much going to be running the same plan that they put into effect last year around the, the halfway point where against left-handed pitchers, Mookie would start in right field and against uh, right-handed pitchers, he would start at second. That way Jason Hayward could get in. Obviously that looked like the logical case to assume because they did bring Hayward back on a one-year deal. So you assume, all right, it didn't, it, it worked extremely well last year. If it ain't broke, don't, don't mess with it. Don't fix it or anything. Run it back out again. Um, but, you know, going into it, you know, it isn't a crazy idea to put Mookie Betts permanently at second base. I've argued that it does put him as a little bit of a disadvantage because I believe, you know, looking at his entire career, what do we know him as? We know him as a six-time gold glover in right field. Um, but looking into it a little bit more from all the stats that I see um, and the peripherals, you know, there is a logical case to say, all right, maybe Mookie is best suited to play second base full time. Um, let me ask you this, Canelo. Uh, I, I started seeing some of those numbers there, but in terms of them coming out here and saying, you know, he, he's going to be our, our everyday second baseman. Is this something basically, are they letting us know that that hip, because it wasn't too long ago, he had that issue with his hip. So is this their way of admitting that maybe this hip, and I'm not going to sit here and go, all of a sudden I'm getting a Matt Kemp vibe here. But once Matt Kemp started having an issue with his hip, he wasn't the same player. So is this the Dodgers maybe hinting that maybe there might be a little concern with Mookie Betts in that hip? What say you, Canelo? You know, I kind of, so Amy brought it up on our last live. She asked me, you know, is that hip injury that he suffered in 21, has that affected his game? And at the top of my head, without really looking into it much, I kind of didn't believe it. I kind of, ex I still said, you know what, he's a gold glove caliber right fielder. But when you look at the defensive peripherals from um, baseball savant, you can kind of see a, a dramatic dip in his outs above average, his sprint speed, um, and his quality in the outfield, where he ended up, according to baseball savant, being kind of a below average outfielder when he was at second base and shortstop, he was still a little bit tick below average, but his offensive numbers jumped up. So I don't think it's out of the realm to say that there was some type of correlation with that hit. Cause I, like, you know, going to right field, you got to cover a lot of ground, especially in Dodger stadium. It is a pitcher's ballpark. And then going to the infield where even Dave Roberts himself, he said, you know what? We like to switch it up. It allows us to keep Mookie Betts, in the lineup for longer amounts of, uh, of time throughout the year, instead of playing maybe 140, we can see what he did last year where he's playing around 150 games. Uh, potentially, maybe in the future, he can be like a one, maybe a Freddie Freeman type playing 160 or a full season. Um, second base it is a lot less work on your body. Um, and technically, you can accumulate a little bit more war playing with the defensive versatility between second and right field. So, um, Either way, the Dodgers' plans for next year, he was going to play second base at least 50% of the time. Um, I don't think it changes much for him playing a little bit over that, but I agree with you 100%. I don't think it's totally 100% saying 
all right, let's switch his uh, position from right field to second base on our roster. He'll still get his uh, fair share of playing time in right field. Uh, bienvenido to Pablo. Pablo, I love it, man. Bring out the pods. Los Sangrones are getting together. Pablo, thank you. Jump on this Sangrones train. I mean, if you guys aren't into it, I, for me, let me explain it for the, those of you who are new. If you are a fan of the Bleed Lows podcast, if you are a supporter of the Bleed Lows podcast, you're a friend of the Carne Sala, we call ourselves Sangrones. And that is a reference to the Bleed Lows podcast. So let's get into the, more of this bets issue here. So TK, TQTO8, bets at second, bets is D at second is better than Vargas or Bush by a lot. He also is more than good than elite now in right field. It makes sense, especially since Hayward and DeLuca are both good defensive outfielders. I'm not going to disagree with you there. Betts is, um, I think, a better option defensively than those two guys that you mentioned, Vargas and Bush. Uh, you also go on to say that Bet is, Betts isn't an elite defensive right fielder anymore. He has less speed. He can be better at second base, especially since the alternatives are bad fielding Vargas and Bush. I'm sure the numbers, I think, are supporting it that Mookie um, maybe isn't as good defensively on right field. But for me, the eye test, I still trust him out there. He still looks good to me out in right field. Look, if Mookie moving to second base is going to allow the Dodgers to maybe make some moves, bring in some guys on the outfield, I'm all for it. Now, the question is going to be this. Canelo, if they're still in the game for Otani and Yamamoto, those outfield options are probably going to be cheap. They're going to be those guys that you had talked about. Um, I, I We can get into this later. There was a trade that was made earlier today with the Braves and the Mariners that seemed to upset a lot of people. But... Are you okay if they are moving bets to second? If they're doing that, maybe to bring in some more outfield help, are you okay with that? Yeah, because Dave Roberts brought it up. You know, it's a lot easier to replace offensive production with an outfield bet just because statistically they are the better hitters um, and you can be hit or miss on defense. Mookie bets moving to second. Not many second basemen are calib get ready to hit 40 home runs bad over 300 um it, it's not very common so Mookie Betts pretty much if he started second base all next year I would put him right at the top I would say he is the best second baseman in baseball probably him and Altuve would be one and two in my mind um for the outfield spots if they do sign Otani I assume that they're actually going to go probably with more all right well let's look to see what we have here we already mentioned Bush and Vargas, but a guy that I really want to see get an opportunity that we mentioned last week um, is, is Giant DeLuca. Uh, I mean, in the, if he's gonna, if you're gonna have someone platoon in right field with Jason Hayward, um, you got to go with that righty lefty combo. So, and what DeLuca did really well in the minors is he had a one dot OPS against left-handed uh, pitchers in the minors, and that translated to the MLB as well, where he had a batting average almost, I believe it was 286 against lefties in his very short playing time, but. The sample size from the minors is there. He's young. He is athletic. He can steal bases. And it would be a pretty nice option to have both of those guys platoon because it seems like Hayward really isn't going to start against lefties again, really. Um, he had an OPS, I believe, around under 700, uh, high 600 against lefties. So um, that's probably the option I think they take because I don't really like the idea of moving Bush and Vargas 
to a position they've never really played before. I really think it puts them at a disadvantage. I, I think if you're going to do anything, if anyone's getting traded, we've been preaching it. It's got to be Bush. It seems like with the moves that they've made, you got to trade Bush now and get whatever value you have. Because at the end of the day, he may be a really good prospect, but the Dodgers, are they kind of have their hands tied with his value because teams are going to be like, well, we know you have to move him because there's no spot on your roster for him. So it'll be interesting to see especially during the winter meetings, what type of deals come up for Michael Bush? Um, do they trade him to the race for a Tyler Glass now and do some other trade package along that along those lines? But it'll definitely be interesting to watch this week. Um, jumping on this, uh, Cody, you uh, tell me, Canelo, if you, if you disagree with this. Pablo, so what does this mean for Lux? Pablo, I don't think this affects uh, Gavin Lux in any way. It is obvious the Dodgers now are committed to Gavin Lux at shortstop. Unless we see something, they go left in a really, really uh, hard way. But I don't believe this affects uh, Gavin Lux. Canelo, do you do you feel the same way? Yeah, I think I'm actually a little bit more assured that he's going to get the the reins at shortstop again for 2024. I mean, we talked a few weeks ago about the comments Gomes made, you know, where they didn't want to let him play winter ball. They wanted him to rest, get his at-bats. There was a lot of speculation where it was like, all right, well, maybe they're just making sure that he gets healthy. Maybe he's a trade ship. Um, obviously, Corbin Burns and William Adamas have been nonstop trade talk. I personally believe that the Brewers are standing pat and going with them because I believe the Brewers are still going to try to compete at least to the start of 2024. Um, I'm glad we can stop the Willie Adams talk because while he is a good power hitter and defensive shortstop, I I really want to see a guy get a little bit higher batting average, and he batted around like 214 last year, not something that I'm too keen on getting. Um, and I think Lux, like I've said, I, I he hasn't typically graded out well defensively, but that's because they put him at like six different positions in his first three years in the show. Um, I think he can get back to that highly regarded prospect profile that we had in 2019. It'll be interesting to see how his knee rebounds because, I mean, we saw the injury last spring. It was a pretty gruesome injury, and it could be career-altering, but all signs have shown, especially now they've uh, a lot of people in the Dodgers front office, they've kind of reassured that it's Gavin's luck season for 2024. Hopefully we don't get any freak season-ending injuries because I really think he can uh, run away with the position. But I, I do think Michael Carrillo brings up a very interesting point, and that is why announce it now? Uh, to me, what it does is it just creates more questions, Michael, because to me it makes me wonder, all right, if they're putting this out there now, does this mean that they're going to sign outfielders or either through free agency or they're going to give those in-house outfielders like Canelo says, Johnny DeLuca, a, a chance because for them to come out there and announce something like that, Canelo, doesn't it hurt the trade market? I mean, doesn't it drive up because like a lot of you are saying here on the live Nando 390 moving Mookie to second means they need an outfielder. Jay Hay every day in right field isn't the answer. So if other teams know that the Dodgers need outfield help, doesn't that drive up the price? Canelo, is that a, a wrong way of looking at this? Yeah, it really just depends on if they're going to the, if they're going to go to the trade market to find some replacements for these guys. You know, we we talked briefly last episode. Um, there may be a potential reunion with Jock Peterson to put a lefty bat in the in left field. Um, they do have Chris Taylor, where me and Amy agree that his best position is probably in left field. Um, it's better on his body, and he he played better offensively when he mainly stayed in the outfield. Um, 
like we already said, the internal options, I still think the Dodgers are pretty high on the youth that they have on this club, and then they want to see what they can get. I really think Andy Pajes and Johnny DeLuca are going to be those two guys that we're going to be seeing a lot this year, as long as they're not traded at before the start of the season. Um, and then even in the trade market, there's a lot of outfielders out there that can make make sense. You know, we brought up Tyler O'Neill, and it seems like his value is pretty much anything. Like even Roger said, just like even a minor league pitcher, like a B tier one. Um, I, I kind of mentioned a name in my um winter meetings preview that kind of makes sense that should also be on the trade block is Steven Matz, who's a lefty starter who the Cardinals are looking to shop around. The Dodgers desperately need a lefty arm in their rotation to at least the innings. And Steven Matz could possibly be that guy. That sounds like an Andrew Freeman type move. If you ask me. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think there's going to be room to improve. Um, they're just not, just don't get excited for say, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, or or any of these other big names, because more than likely they're staying pat, or some other team is going to be well more positioned to get those guys. Uh, let's catch up with some of the comments here in the chat. Uh, Michael uh, Carrillo, in reference to Mookie, um, he believes Mookie needs to start playing less games, not more. If he plays less games, he'll be more fresh for the playoffs. Uh, you know, maybe. I mean, I think that was the plan all along, but I think uh, last year, I, I really thought they were going to make a concerted effort to to rest Mookie more. Um, and it seems like they went away from that. So I don't know if it was because in August Mookie went on a tear and you couldn't get that. You couldn't keep that bad out of the lineup. But uh, that is interesting there. Roy, I, I think in regards to your question, why is it an issue that the Dodgers put Mookie playing second base full time. What is the negative impact? I don't think there is an issue there, uh, uh, Roy. I think the issue that I think we're bringing up here, especially you guys are bringing up in the chat, is does that create more holes for the team by moving Mookie to second because of everything that Canelo was saying in terms of now what are we doing in the outfield? Michael Carrillo brings up a very interesting name. I'm starting to see a lot about this, and maybe it's because he just got posted, but should we go get Young Hoo Lee, who is now an elite defensive outfielder for his floor? And um, so you guys in the chat, or you guys listening or watching this show, I'm starting to go through my uh, Asian players literature so I don't get shamed with my uh, lack of knowledge there. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Young Hu is from uh, the KBO, from the Korean baseball. Canelo, what do you think of the name of, of Young Hu Lee? Because uh, I'm starting to see that name a lot. Yeah, I've seen it a lot. Um, I don't have all the stats like I did with Yamamoto on him. Um, just because other teams seem to have a need bigger than the Dodgers for him. Um, one of the names that's been linked heavily to him that could afford him is the San Francisco Giants. They're still trying to get at least one big name free agent. Um, I do know just from a baseball eye perspective, he has amazing bat speed, um, great bat to ball skills, and is pretty good out there in, in, in the outfield. So um, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I just think free agent wise, I just don't think the Dodgers are going to be looking that way for the outfield because they're, like I said, there's internal options, there's trade. Um, there are a few guys in the outfield that are on free agents but if they're going to sign anyone it's going to be these like maybe b or c tier type guys that are a uh, revolving door between the bench and platooning so um that's because that's just been the dodgers mo with these uh these positions um over the past couple of years 
Uh, let's go back to the chat. Uh, Anthony Manzano, um, thank you for joining us. This is the first time I, if you have been on the live before, I'm sorry, but I, this is the first time I think I've seen your name. But um, you have a very interesting proposition here. If it's true that the Marlins are going to trade Braxton Garrett, Trevor Rogers, and Edward Gabrera in the same tree, what would you give up for them? Now, this is this is going to bring me up to something, and I want to see if you guys in the chat agree. I feel anytime there is a trade conversation, there is a different price for the Dodgers than there is for everyone in Major League Baseball. Because I see that trade that the Braves pulled off today with the Marineros, and I'm just like, well, why couldn't the Dodgers do that? Sometimes I just feel that either people value the Dodgers prospects in a completely different way than they value other prospects in other teams. But I always feel like there is a tax when it comes to trades with the Dodgers. The teams always ask so much and you need two to tango here. So the Dodgers may be willing to give a, a good, a good offer, but the other team may be just out of their mind and just trying to rip the Dodgers off. I don't know. Canelo, am I seeing it the wrong way? No, you're not. I mean, I brought it up briefly last time where it's it's the Dodgers tax, and a lot of Dodger fans know that because while we do have a great farm system with a lot of top prospects, the price on that is, all right, if a one team's giving up their one prospect, then the Dodgers need to give up multiple top prospects because that they want better or more value. And they know the Dodgers draft and develop well, so they know – all right, if they're trying to trade these players away, what's wrong with them? Because usually, like we said, Andrew Freeman doesn't really lose trades often. Um, so, yeah, they definitely want to get as much uh, talent pool from the Dodgers if they, they can do it, especially if the Dodgers like this past deadline where they were desperate for starting pitching. Teams knew it. They said, you're desperate for starting pitching. We want your best prospects. We don't have to give this guy to you. We, we know you're desperate for it if you don't want to get it then that's fine. That's on you. Don't have starting pitching down the line. Um, and that ended up coming back to bite us this this year because out of all the things that we had issues with throughout the year, the the uh, starting pitching was probably the biggest one in October. Uh, let's uh, go back to the chat here. Uh, Cray, uh, he has a question for you, Canelo. Uh, and this is where we can segue now to, it's the Shohei Otani show, everybody. We've gone about 20 minutes without talking about Shohei Otani. So I think uh, Cray brings up a, an interesting question, so we can start talking about Shohei, and that is, Dodgers head team physician is Neil. Uh, I am always pronouncing his wrong, his name incorrectly. Is it Ella Tershache? I just added too many T's on there. Um, but he also performed the Tommy John on Otani. Do the Dodgers have some sort of advantage in signing him because of that? Canelo, your thoughts? I'm going to go with uh, Morosi's quote on it today. Um, there is a pretty significant advantage he said um because if otani really wants to be back to the two-way player he was these past three years um he's going to want to work closely with the the guy that performed that surgery and fortunately for the dodgers that's their head team physician so um i could see like an advantage there um but either way no matter what team he signs with he's going to be rehabbing and and working with neil regardless but it would be a lot better if it was in the comforts of his own home stadium. And look at that, ladies and gentlemen. One of my favorites, Sports Empire, has entered the chat. Bienvenido, Sports Empire. Just want to say, for those of you who aren't aware of who Sports Empire is, he's the common man. He's the common man of Sports Empire. 
anyways, uh, back, you know, this is interesting. Okay, so TQTO8, in terms of the conversation with Mr. Jung Ho Lee, Lee is an average center fielder, not elite, no power, pass on him. Then Michael Carrillo comes in saying he loves Chung Ho Lee. He can be elite. So once again, this is, I think, the concern with the Asian players, not just the Korean players, but with the Japanese players. How much do we know about them and how much of that is going to translate to Major League Baseball? Okay, Roy Estrada coming in. Yes, a Korean outfielder, a corner outfielder. Look, guys, I think this is you guys. A lot of people out there in the Internet gave uh, La Reina de Playa Larga a really hard time about her Otani take. But I think this is where she has a point. All these other moves aren't going to happen until we know what's going on with Otani. Right. If the Dodgers don't get Otani, then I think they don't have any excuses. They're going to have money. Right. Why not go after Chung Ho Lee at that point? You got to maybe throw some money at these um, Asian players because of the fact that I don't know how much the trade market is going to help you. If you guys, as a lot of you guys on the live say the uh, the prospect hugging takes place. I just think everything is contingent on, on Otani Canelo. If the Dodgers can't bring in Otani, how realistic is these Asian players? The guys that just got posted from the KBO, and of course, not only Yamamoto, but the other Japanese pitchers. Yeah, I, I definitely think Otani is the big fish that they're going after. Um, it, it's been pretty much planned or rumored to be planned for the past two years. So um, losing out on him would be a big blow to not only the Dodgers' plans, but to pretty much a lot of the fans' morale because a lot of the fans are are banking on getting this guy. Is he in this necessarily a need? No, but he's just someone that the Dodgers have. This has been their plan. This is why they've not, they've punted their, their, they've gotten financial flexibility as Andrew Freeman likes to put it. Um, if they miss out, they have to pivot to probably Yamamoto, but it's coming out today that Yamamoto is getting a lot closer to $300 million. Remember then I'm, I, I know we got a lot of heat for, <laughs> All of our Yamamoto to we we oh. got a lot of heat. Is that is but that what you're saying, Canelo? I'm starting to see a lot more Dodger fans agree that once you start getting once you start hearing 300 million or even close to that, I, that's that's a huge risk to take from a guy to that will transition over to the MLB. Um, it, he could be awesome, but I don't know if they miss out on Otani, it probably may like. It could probably destroy their entire outlook for for their season. I, like I said before, if they miss out on Otani, they probably are going to go big. Probably try to get JD Martinez back if he wants to resign. But I feel like the the big Japanese guys got to be Otani, maybe Yamamoto, maybe Imanaga, who I, I've been high on as well. But um, I definitely think they have to get one of those three. Anthony Manzano, I have to ask you: Are are you a Marlins fan? Is that what's going on here with all, with all the the Marlins questions here? But Anthony has one. How about Aviel Garcia from Miami? Uh, look, I I I think that Miami team last year they 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 impressed me. They were exciting. It's no, I think it's no secret. I mean, King Kim Ng was over there. So I think what the Marlins were doing last year or what they have been doing, they've been following a lot of the Dodgers model and they just recently hired Gabe Kapler. So again, I, I 
look, I, you saw this with the Bravos. I think you're going to see a lot of teams that are copying the, the Dodgers model. Therefore, I think the uh, everything is narrowing. I think a lot of teams are starting to catch up with the Dodgers. So, But Canelo, your thoughts on Aviel Garcia? He's the one that was pitching overseas, right? Isn't yeah. that what it was? Yeah. I saw, I think it was MLB Trade Rumors actually posted an article that the Pittsburgh Pirates were pretty heavily involved in him. He's going to go to a team that, he could probably go to any team because he is a relief pitcher. And even teams like the Pirates, the Royals last year, they signed a role as Chapman with the idea of trading him. They could definitely do that with uh, this guy here. Um, but, you know, signing with the Florida team, that is enticing to some of these Cuban ball players because it is close to home. So I don't think that's out of the question with the Marlins, but I agree with you too. I, I kind of don't know where they're at. They did hire uh, the, the Rays, I think, assistant GM. Um, to be their their president of baseball ops, so they're probably still going to be running that Dodgers Rays type of uh, uh, um, of like their franchise. Um, and Gabe Kapler, you know, they, they may get a really good diets now um, with the, the the training staff there. So um, they'll definitely be interested in a lot of guys, especially since they did just make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, back to Anthony Montano. Anthony, I, I just got to tell you this. It's not that I danced around your question. I think the issue is this, is you got, like Canelo said, there's three guys there that you can control for a while, and I feel like that's going to be a high price tag. And for me, right now, I think the Dodgers are in win-now mode, so they need to get proven commodities, in my opinion, because especially with the move of Mookie to second base, I think is the Dodgers admitting there might be concern about his hip. He's getting older. We don't know how much longer these guys are going to be in their prime. So I think they need to go all in. And I know that's a misnomer to sit there and say, well, are these Asian players, are they any more proven than those guys in Miami? I just feel like you're going to be giving up a lot to get those three guys. And I think we can't forget there's a trade deadline later on this year. So I think the Dodgers need to make sure they keep enough so they can make moves later on. Now, the question is going to be who would be available later on in the year that could help the Dodgers. So I, I don't mean to answer uh, to, um, to dodge that question. I guess the answer to your question to me, Anthony, is whatever it is that they want, I think is going to be too much for those three guys. I think the Dodgers have a plan. And uh, to me, it's too much of a uh, there's too much uh, question mark in in that in that trade scenario there. Uh, Mr. Seabed, uh, the Mariners needed to unload payroll and wanted their trades going to the NL Braves offered scraps and the Mariners were desperate. What I find very interesting about the trade that took place today, Mr. Seabed, is I don't know what the Mariners are doing. I know a lot of people were very quick to criticize DePoto. Now, I don't know. Is it the Mariners have something? Are they thinking of something? Do they have something lined up and that's why they're dumping salary? Or are they dumping salary for other reasons? Because that is something that we haven't talked about much on the show. But MLB and especially a lot of these teams are going to have problems with their TV contracts fairly soon. Uh, we saw this happening with Bally's. I mean, you saw what the show pods are going through. But I think the television landscape is going to change. And I just hope that Spectrum Sports Net doesn't go bankrupt because that's the big difference right now with the Dodgers and everybody else in Major League Baseball. 
Nobody else, correct me if I'm wrong here, Canelo, but off the top of my head, I can't, I don't think even the Yankees have a TV contract like the Dodgers have. And if you start seeing companies that aren't going to invest in TV rights, if you're going to have more like streaming services coming to compete for TV rights, doesn't that bring down the price, Canelo? Yeah, I mean, that's been a big thing. You know, I, I'm on the East Coast, and the bit, the first major big TV deal that happened around here was when the Phillies signed theirs with NBC Sports, and that and that was signed around when they were kind of in the middle of that core, and you saw they went out and got guys. So it does help boost. I mean, as soon as the Dodgers signed theirs, what did they do? They started getting out proven players, and they started this long reign of success that they've had recently. Um and even the Rangers who have had their TV deal, now they're having some issues with it as well, which is why it's been reported that they're out on Shohei Otani. So that extra revenue means a lot, especially during the offseason when there's a lot of guys that are getting paid a lot of money and that and that dollar just keeps going up just for a variety of reasons. But um, it is a big deal. It's definitely going to be something to watch because you know there is a, a shift in the market for TV deals. And now how you mentioned it's it's moving to more of a streaming service. Um, a lot of these teams that had valleys, they're, they're now being produced and streamed through MLB themselves. So um, it's definitely a bigger issue um, that really hasn't been talked about too much. Uh, so let's uh, let's catch up on more of these uh, comments here in the chat. Um, uh, Roy Estrada worried about the Giants uh, because they're quiet. They could be a sleeper for Otani. Uh, look, all this stuff on Otani, I just I don't trust any of it right right now in terms of there was now there's six teams. I mean, I heard the Bravos now are are in on it. I mean, now, you know, if you believe him, I know a lot of people don't. But Heyman now is reporting that Otani isn't even going to sign by the end of these winter meetings. So all I heard just a day or so ago was that Otani knows where he wants to go. But now you're hearing more and more teams lining up. So, I, look, wake me up when it happens. Anthony uh, Manzano again. Question for Canelo: Where do you guys think the young Cuban relief pitcher is? Uh, Cuban relief pitcher is going to land? I'm looking at Miami or Tampa because of the big Cuban uh, communities there. You know what? Uh, I'm going to let Canelo chime in, but I just want to add this. Anthony is. I, I really think it's all going to depend on who has the more international slots because I think the Dodgers made some true, some trades to try to free up international slots, but I don't know the situation with the Miami and Tampa on how they are in terms of the number of international slots that they have opening. Um, Canelo, do you know by any chance? Not off the top of my head. No. Um, I know with international money, forget what changes it year in year i think it's i think there may be a correlation with how much money you spend and then you lose some of that pool money because then the the lower end teams get that um but i'm not too sure off the top of my head uh let's continue here at the chat if we don't get a tawny it's going to be a huge disappointment it's been a, a two-year plan uh tqt08 i'm gonna save that for later because let me tell you if the dodgers don't get otani it's make sure you join that live because it's going to be heated because i think you have a point there the dodger fans i think have bought in even though i don't know that anybody in the dodgers front office ever sold 
the fans on a two-year plan. I don't know where that narrative started or where it began, but it never came from Friedman. I never heard anybody in the Dodgers front office refer to that. But there is that belief. So there is truth to what you're saying. So if the Dodgers don't get Otani and they don't, if, if Yamamoto, somebody else like backs up the trunk and gives Yamamoto the 300, I don't blame the Dodgers for not giving Yamamoto 300 million. I think even at 200 million, that's already making me super nervous. But what the hell? It's not my money, right? It's, it's the Dodgers money. But I, I get it. I mean, I already see it here in the chat. Mr. Seabad, losing Otani would be devastating. But the Dodgers have $50 million a year to pay with for 10 years. That That's a big checkbook. Uh, Michael Carrillo, contract inflation isn't going to go away. The price of Sasaki is probably going to be more than Yamamoto. And, and this is one of those things that we as fans, you know, we watch that. We don't factor that in. That's Friedman's job, right? These guys got to make sure they're going to budget because, guys, Federico and Mookie's contract. I, I Isn't Mookie's contract backloaded, Canelo? Yeah, it, it's extremely backloaded. Um, so he's technically, I think Freddie Freeman's actually even making more money than him in the 2024 season. Um, so, yeah, once Mookie gets to the end of his career, pushing, getting close to that age 40, he's going to be making a pretty penny. Uh, Tim, uh, I, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing your your last name wrong, Dorame. Uh, welcome, bienvenido, my friend. This is a safe space. You can come in with any questions that you want. Um, it is now, I know it's day one, but the winter meetings end on Wednesday. And I think Dodger fans are already feeling this way, Tim. But thank you for asking it. For all of you, will the Dodgers do anything at the winter meeting or do we wait after the meeting? If the Dodgers don't do anything during the winter meetings, Dodger Twitter, Dodgers social media is going to have a meltdown. Canelo, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, all signs are pointing that it's pretty going to it's going to be a very quiet um, winter meetings unless Otani signs. Um, he pretty much holds the chips to everything, even though not every team can afford Otani. These other free agents are waiting for Otani. And then the trade market, these guys like Dylan Cease has been rumored that the White Sox, they want to hold on to him until after these big free agent pitchers sign so that they hold all the leverage in these trade negotiations. So it, it really is on Otani's shoulders right now. Um, and there's already been a lot of stuff written about Otani and how if he doesn't sign this week, that it, it's a bad, bad thing to happen for baseball because Compared to other like free agencies in in the North American sports like NFL, NBA, a lot of the big players would have been signed by now. The MLB, for whatever reason, likes to take their sweet time with it. Um, and I understand for Otani's perspective because you know he's he's looking to pretty much pick a spot where he's going to play the rest of his career. Um, but yeah, it all hinges on on Otani. They'll they'll definitely have conversations. We'll hear more and more rumors, but until he signs, I, I really don't see much happening. All right, guys, we're not going to go that long tonight uh, because we we are planning on having shows every night after the winter meetings. So we haven't even gotten to the Joe Kelly. Uh, the 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 ambassador of the Bleed Lows podcast is coming back for the Dodgers. So maybe I just want to end on on the Joe Kelly news. I, I saw a mixed reaction to that. Look, it's a one year deal. All I'm going to say that I mean, Joe Kelly, Mariachi Joe has been very good to the show. Uh, for those of you who don't, for those of you guys who know that are new to the show, Joe Kelly comes on the show. Joe Kelly is out there repping Beadlow's podcast gear, and he does it without us even asking. 
you know, to do it. it. So we're big fans of Mariachi Joe. He is a friend. He truly is a friend of the carne asada. But I'm just going to say this. When he was healthy, his ERA was under two. So if he can perform like that, I wouldn't mind having that guy in the bullpen, in the Dodgers bullpen. Um, I know, I and I agree with Canelo, I'm, I'm done with reunions. I'd like for the Dodgers to move forward. But I also like what that guy brings in terms of he brings an attitude that I just don't think, La, you know, La Reina brought this up that the Dodgers maybe are too businesslike with their approaches. And I, I feel like Mariachi Joe brings a, a, a little flavor to it that I, I think is good to have on a team. Um, Canelo, what were your thoughts on the Joe Kelly contract? You know, it was a series that to say 500K, I mean, it was, it was a pretty in-depth story. You know, <laughs> he has the club option, which I wrote about right after the Dodgers were eliminated about their club options. I thought it was a no-brainer for them to decline. Pretty much the entire industry thought they were going to decline it as well. But there was never a doubt that they couldn't come together on a reunion contract. Um, I didn't think it was going to be as high. I was kind of very surprised when I think it was Jim Bowden that that tweeted out that it was $8 million. Um, Dodgers technically saved $500,000 in, in, in re-signing him. I really think it, it goes off. I think Andrew Freeman was more pressured to do it because if you look at the pitching market and the relief pitching market, these contracts, they're kind of going a lot higher. Um, the Braves have kind of been at the forefront of that. They they signed, um, what was his name, Renato Lopez to a three-year $30 million deal, so he's got a 10, 10 million AAV. But he also has pretty good numbers, especially with his strikeouts per nine. Joe Kelly, you mentioned when he was with the Dodgers in this, in his little time that he was there because of his injuries in 10 innings, he had a 13.7 K nine, which is extremely high or he had a yeah 16.5 actually with the Dodgers, which is elite stuff, small sample size. Yes. ERA under two. And, and I, I agree as well. You know, he's just one of those guys that he has that dog in him. He he's a fierce competitor if he can get it on track with his health, he could definitely be an elite back end of the uh, the bullpen. Uh, some quick shout outs here before we wrap things up uh, from the chat. Uh, Roy Estrada, I love it, man. You get the show, dude. Roy is watching the show as he's drinking tequila. Juan, this is exhausting. You have Patron tequila? That's right. Whenever we talk, that, that's the best way to watch the show, Roy, is drinking tequila. Uh, Dennis Gonzalez, Juan, are you out on the reunion with Kike? Uh, look, we've talked about this before. That's probably, I am not on board with the jock. Uh, I'm letting you guys know right now. I am not on board with, I know Michael Carrillo made a comment about his fitness earlier. I'm not on board because I just, I think jock is a DH. I, I don't trust him out in the field. And like Canelo said, if you're going to get a, if you're not getting Otani, if you're going to get a DH, I'd rather you bring back JD Martinez, even though that one makes me a little nervous just because of his health issues. But JD Martinez is a dude that when he was healthy, he was pro, he was, he was, I mean, his numbers were ridiculous. Like he had the same no amount of stats for people who played a whole season and he did it in like a hundred games. He's just so productive. But again, can he stay healthy? I will say this about Kike. Um, Kike, every time, no matter what team, he performs in the postseason. I like that. But my concern is this. How much money does Kike want? And 
does Kike want to be a starting player? Because I know you've said it before, Canelo. I, I think he could start anywhere else. So it's it's all dependent on what Kike wants. If you can bring back Kike and in the same time it fits with the rest of the team, like if Kike is going to be the reason why you don't end up getting Shohei or maybe getting some of the Korean players, that's something you you got to revisit. But I, I wouldn't roll out Kike. If you're going to do a reunion with anyone, it's probably Kike. But on past shows, I know you guys in the chat have made this comment. Why not sign Kike before you sign Jason Hayward? You know, that that to me, a lot of you had made the argument, Kike is more of a utility guy than Hayward. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off judgment until I see exactly what Friedman is doing. Because if signing Hayward in some way helped you sign Otani or all those other guys, okay, you know. But if they don't get Otani or they don't get any of these big names, I think a lot of Dodger fans, we're going we're gonna to have questions and be like, what the hell is going on? Um, I just want to, <laughs> Mr. Seabad, uh, we need Mariachi Joe. If a fight starts in the field, he has the East LA Cholo mentality to take care of the business. You're absolutely right. Um, let's see. Um, that's a very good question. Where would Kike fit on this roster? These are all points that uh, Canelo has made before, or maybe someone else had made this on the chat, and that is Chris Taylor right now is your, t- your utility guy. So you're going to have more utility guys, and I know a lot of you on the chat, you guys are done with this platooning thing, and, I, and, and I'm with you. You know, Maybe let's, let's start giving these guys an opportunity to play every day. Uh, like, Are they going to give Johnny DeLuca? The chance. This is going to be the, the interesting question going into spring training because I don't think they did give him a chance last year, but maybe they didn't think he was ready. And maybe this year might be a different story. Um, last one before we wrap things up, guys. Uh, um, Kike can't hit righties. Haywood is the better option. Kike isn't a starter in the league. Um, uh, Lewis Ransky, any future for DeLuca? He has great speed. Uh, regarding Kike can't hit righties, that, that was attributed to TK. I'm totally butchering this. I'm sorry. TQTOA. Um, anyways, uh, you guys, look, we're going to do this every night of the winter meetings. So make sure you guys join us tomorrow. Hopefully, we're going to have big news tomorrow. If not, who knows what we're going to talk about? Uh, Canelo, do you have any last words before we sign off? Yeah, nothing. I, I hope Otani and all these other free agents start making up their mind sooner rather than later. Um, just because, you know, we're itching for some really big news where I don't want to be talking about the biggest news of the day is Mookie Betts is playing second base because that was something that we kind of expected. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely excited for the winter meetings. That's when stuff starts to go off. But um, I'll definitely have an article written about Mookie kind of going more in depth why the move makes sense. So just follow Dodgers B on all of our social media, visit the website. Um, check out a bunch of our articles that me and Steve um, have up on there. But on that, yeah, it was a nice episode. Uh, so we, uh, for those that we, I think we had some new people on the chat today. So uh, uh, the guy in the corner there, that that's our producer. That's Babyface. Okay, uh, Babyface. Yes, sir. So no breaking news while we're on. No, no, no signings. Nothing. Uh, there was a post from the Taylors, uh, Chris Taylor and his wife. They did have their baby. Uh, was born actually it seems like a couple of weeks ago on, on the seventeenth. So, Theo Kalani Taylor. So, congratulations to the Taylors. There we go. There we have it. Uh, so, for those of you that are new, uh, Lewis, um, 
we all are whenever we do a live show we like to keep in the in the connection with the Dodger game so we always start our lives at 7:10 i know sometimes we get grief and say that we're late because we're not starting at 7 our lives start at 7:10 guys we're we're keeping it in line with the Dodger game uh, but I love that Pablo and Ray, you guys are all drinking um, tequila, and you, you guys know the game. Whenever we mention Otani, we drink. So if something happens big tomorrow, make sure you bring your bottle of te tequila because we're going to get hammered tomorrow if this news happens. Whether he signs with the Dodgers or if he signs with someone else, because if he signs with someone else, a lot of those Dodger fans, I think, are going to need tequila. Um Mr. Seabad, whatever you, I, myself, uh, I, you know, there is a, a brand called Clase Ocho uh, that I'm a big fan of, uh, that, that I really enjoy, but I don't discriminate. You know, I, I myself, I love, hey, Dennis, you want to bring Modelos? You go ahead, bring Modelos. It's Modelo time. Uh, but I can't thank you guys enough for supporting us. Uh, look, I, there's a lot of Dodger podcasts out there, and I know you guys listen to all of them, but we're trying to do something a little different here, okay? We want to make sure we engage you guys because you guys are smart. You guys know Dodger baseball. We love hearing. We want to make this engaging, so uh, we can't thank you enough. Make sure you guys follow us on our socials because um, at that point, you know, that's where we announce when we're going to go live. So make sure you're following us on X, Twitter, if you still call it that, Instagram. That's where we're going to go ahead and put it out there. You all see those who said, Ridor Juan Ramirez, de parte mis colegas, Cody Snavely, Canelo, and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Nos vemos. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.